Hey guys, we're back again for another episode of True Crime on Easy Street. I meant to do something about how this was live on tape from Hollywood and then forget that I wasn't doing the Tonight Show, but I kind of screwed that up, so let's just run with it. Is that okay? Uh, it has to be. Are you going to tell me that there's not Kahlua in that coffee? Because I'm almost sure that there is. I can see the gleam in your eye, Kelly. No, this coffee uh-huh. is to tide me over for the rest of the night. How long is the rest of the night for you? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> she already told you she has plans, Scott. I got plans tonight. All right, and well, I'm on vacation all week. Yo, Ooh, that's, that is nice. We are recording on the Monday that is uh, Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving when this drops. If you're listening now on Wednesday when this drops, it is Thanksgiving tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble Happy to Thanksgiving, everyone. Katie. Happy Thanksgiving, So, um... I don't know exactly what it is that you're going to talk about tonight. I tried to watch a video about it yesterday, and I don't know if I watched the right one, so I don't want to say anything and have it be the wrong thing. Okay. It's just best. Just don't. Right? I mean, that's just, yeah. Stay in your lane today. I I totally agree. (laughs) So when I asked you yesterday about, are we we going to jump right into this? Jump in. My my name's Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. Katie Givens, not a lawyer. Scott Wright, mediocre journalist. Watch this. So what happened is you gave me this broad range of years where this case takes place, like from 1943 until 1952. And so you just said, pick a year if you want to set the table. Mm -hmm. So I picked 1949 because I went through all of those years. And I figure we'll get back to some of those later. But 49 seemed like a a pretty cool year to mention. So I'm going to start with that. Go for it. All right. So in January of 1949, on the 17th, actually, the first VW Type 1. Anybody want to take a crack at what that was? Was it like a bug? It was the Volkswagen Beetle. Beetle. The first ever Volkswagen Beetle that made it onto the contiguous United States of America landed here in 1948. A guy, a Dutch businessman by the name of Ben Pawn, bought two of them. And when nobody thought that they were cool at all, he sold them and nobody saw them again for another year. But that ended up being the car that sold, let me get this right, 23 million units in the 81 years that it existed. And the first one that ever crossed the Atlantic and came to the United States was in 1948. Is that a lot? That's a lot. Okay. That's top, that is the number one selling car of all time. Wow, the Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. Uh, By comparison, the uh, Model T Ford that Henry Ford created in Mm -hmm. 1908 uh, sold about 15 million units before it was discontinued in 1927. Wow. But the the Beetle hung around a lot longer. Okay. From 49 to what? They don't make them anymore now, I think. But I have no idea. I, I mean, didn't you used to drive one? No. I never drove one. Don't we know somebody who used to drive one? I don't. I had a good friend in high school, Casey Murdoch. She drove one, and we we zoomed around in that thing all the time. Well, well that must shout be who out I'm, to Casey and her. Yeah, baby. that must be who I'm thinking about. It, I, I doubt the, it. But. Was this the car that Ted Bundy had? It was. He had a yellow one. He had a yellow one that had no passenger seat. I am not something like that. I or never, I, could, I never wrote in it. Kelly, you did, did you? Not in it? No, I did not. <laughs> neither you did you. Uh, you couldn't that's open the passenger you're here door. Right now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, that's what that's the car he had. Mm-hmm. It was. Well, when that happened, when this when this happened in 1949, the uh, chairman of Volkswagen, Heinrich 
Nordhoff thought, well, that's not going to be a big hit in the United States, so we just won't send them anymore. Huh. Well, he might have come around on that later. Obviously, he, he decided did. to, to yeah. rethink that. Yeah. Uh, in February, uh, uh, Kelly, I thought you might appreciate this. In February, Arthur Miller's tragedy, Death of a Salesman, okay. opened at the Morosco Theater in New York City and ran for 742 consecutive performances. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. That seems like a lot. Um, there was a red scare in June. You know, if you think back in the late forties, McCarthy was still, uh, clamoring that there were communists in the United States government. And among the people who were called out in a FBI report in June of 1949, uh, Danny Kaye, the actor, uh, Edward G. Robinson, an actor and Helen Keller, Mm. Helen Keller, Helen Keller was on the list of communists. What? what? They, they, the queen icon from of the, the state, state of, Alabama. of Alabama. If you go to D.C. Mm-hmm. and you're going to do a tour of the Capitol, yeah. you meet at the Helen Keller statue. I know. If you're going to, if you're from Alabama and you're meeting the Alabama representative. Every state gets a statue of their most famous ours person. Is Helen Keller. And it's, Her- it's the Helen The iconic, sweet baby queen well, from this state. Joe McCarthy was shit nuts crazy. <laughs> so just. Helen Keller. Yeah. The communist. And on the same day, maybe uh, a little uh, serendipity here, George Orwell's dystopian novel, 1984, was published in London on the same day. Okay. So, uh, Have you read it? I have. It's been a while, but I've read it. Did you like it? Mm, not really. Do you, you say you don't recommend it. I would recommend, everybody in the world should you, read it. You recommend reading it's just, it. So you know, that's homework. Uh, on August the 29th, the Soviet Union tested its first ever atomic bomb, and that's when the Cold War began. Okay. Because when we found Obviously. out the Russians had the, the bomb, mm-hmm. then the Cold War started. Okay. Um, in September, and this is the one that I mentioned to you before we went on the air that I think that you will like, a gentleman named, I don't think you'll like it, but you will appreciate that I found it, and that's why I chose 1949, a gentleman named Howard Unruh, U-N-R-U-H, a World War II veteran, walked through his neighborhood of Camden, New Jersey, and over the course of 12 minutes, shot and killed 13 people. He became the first ever single episode mass murderer in the history of the United States of America. Oh my goodness. He was a World War II veteran Mm -hmm. who had some PTSD issues. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking it is safe to say. I'm not sure that Mm -hmm. was ever diagnosed at the time. Um, but yeah, the first ever mass murderer. Oh my goodness! In the United States mm. of America, uh, on September the seventeenth of nineteen forty-nine, my favorite thing, Fast and Furious, a Warner Brothers cartoon, introduced for the very first time the Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Those are great. He was a super genius. <laughs> Just ask him; he'll tell you. He shopped at Acme a lot. <laughs> he did shop at Acme, and that may have been his first big problem. Uh, and the last thing from November of 1949, in Germany, despite the fact that uh, the Volkswagen people didn't think that the Beetle was going to be a, a, the Type 1, it was still called, they decided to go ahead and introduce the Type 2, which was, of course, the famous panel van that we have all seen over the course of our lives. Is that the Scooby-Doo van? Uh, it's not. The, there's too many windows in a... Volkswagen so it's not the Scooby-Doo van then. Type 2. I guess if you boarded up the windows. No, I think it is, yeah. That's yeah. what that's supposed to be? I think so. Scooby-Doo I think so. I, I know the Scooby-Doo I van is those, Volkswagen. Okay, and I know those little then van, that's those vans be are it. incredible. 
Yeah, well, that's those. that they they created that notion in November and, and premiered it in November okay. of nineteen forty nine. This was a very interesting year. Well, that's the best that I could do, and I don't know I like anything it. else about what's going on today. So this is when I lean back from the microphone and listen to you guys tell me about what exactly You're happened. Let me tell with you a some story? giggling person. Uh, exactly. <clears throat> Go on. So this is this story is going to be perfect uh, if you're traveling on the way to Thanksgiving to possibly grandma's. Um, mm. Is there a <laughs> is there a wolf involved? There's is there no a wolf. red there's riding no, hood. There's no actual Thanksgiving <laughs> tie. It's just she's her nickname is the giggling granny, and um, we're going to talk about this lady by the name of Nanny Doss. That was her. That's what she became known. But she was born Nancy Hazel on November the 4th, 1905. She was born in the Blue Mountain area of Anniston, Alabama. Ah, back in Alabama Do you remember the Blue? And in fact, the Blue Mountain area, very specific area, if you go back to episode three (gasps) and listen to the Black Widow. Okay. This lady, Nancy Hazel, was born in the same area of Anniston, Alabama. Her parents were Louisa and James Hazel. Nancy had one brother and three sisters. When she was seven, the family was on a train. They were going to go visit relatives in southern Alabama. The train stopped abruptly. And, of course, that sent everybody forward. Uh Nanny hit her head on a metal bar on the seat in front of her. And after that, she suffers from severe headaches Mm -hmm. uh, all the way through childhood and on into adulthood. Nanny did not like her father. He was controlling. He forced his children to work on the farm instead of go to school. So he was not pro-education. He wouldn't let his daughters wear makeup or attractive clothing because he said it would cause men to molest them. Okay. Now, Scott, Mm -hmm. as a man, makeup and attractive clothing, does that make you want to molest anybody? No, it makes me want to walk up to them and ask them out in a bar, but I usually don't have the balls to do that anyway. So, uh, (laughs) no. No, it doesn't make me want to take it to the other extreme either. She thought that, uh, or her father thought that if you... Wear makeup and attractive clothing, then men are going to molest you. So well, he would it, not allow his daughters to wear. It was a that. different time. It was a different time. It was a different time, but still, that's, you know, this is a, he likes everybody to be at home, yeah, that's working extreme. on the farm, and uh, not looking pretty doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of his, his regiment there. Um, I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, maybe that's his, um, what's seems, the word? It seems like there's an Andy Griffith episode about this very same thing. Is there? I think like the there people is. that live up on the mountain? Yeah, they don't want, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave, leave us oh, well, alone. They think, they think that Andy has married their daughter or something. something. He, I don't know what he did. Or at least he wants to someone, allow her to present herself in her best light. Yeah, someone is, is listening who knows that episode and they can tell us yeah. what happened there with Andy. Sorry. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> um, he would not let his uh, children go to dances or social events because if you're wearing makeup and fancy clothes, people are going to molest you. What the heck are they going to do if you're dancing somewhere? Mm-hmm. Oh hey, my gosh! And what do you wear to a dance? Uh, <laughs> potato sack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So, um, <laughs> but 
But Nanny's favorite childhood hobby was reading her mother's romance magazines. Her mother had these romance magazines and she would love to get those and read them and she would dream of her own romances. She especially loved the Lonely Hearts column and Nanny's going to love this on into her adulthood. Now, Scott, do you know what the Lonely Hearts column is? I can shudder a guess if you like. Okay, so that's the... The oh, what was me, uh, uh, like you would write into, um, give me some advice on how to. No, that's Dear Abby. Well, you, that's like Dear Abby. So it's not like no, that. No, the Lonely Hearts okay. column would be equivalent to a dating service today. Like an online dating service. All right. This is how people in the 20s and 30s and 40s would, is it swipe right? Yeah. This is their version so of online dating. So it's Kind of like, yeah. 1.0. Yep. Lonely Hearts column. So would you like to hear a few of those from way back when? <laughs> no, but you're going to read them, so oh, let's man, do this. Oh, I can't this. wait. These are, these are fantastic. So these are actually Lonely Hearts columns. Okay, some of these are in all capital letters. So I'm gonna, so screaming. I'm going to emphasize those <laughs> okay. words, okay? But here's one. Here's one. And there's, there's a lot of commas. If I read all the commas, that's going to sound weird, so I'll just pause at the commas, as you do when you, you're reading something. You contemplated saying the word comma? I did. Yeah, don't. It's really like, oh. okay, so I'm just going to pause when there's okay. a comma. Okay. All right, so am 30, wealthy, lost mother. For whom I sacrifice youth, dread a lonely future, seek husband and true companion, orphan, care. Is this all the same one? That's one. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so and then they, they, we're going to bring this back. <laughs> we're going to bring this back. Yep. They finish by giving their address in the paper. This, this person lives in, on uh, East 25th Street in New York. All right. Uh, probably not still because this was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's one from the Atlanta Constitution from October the 23rd, 1898. Oh, okay. Ready? Matrimony, widow, 44, southerner, stranger, own home, West End, would like the hearthstone of her heart swept. And the cobwebs brushed away. Matrimony. My favorite in that is stranger. <laughs> because if you weren't a stranger, you wouldn't need to put this in the paper. Yeah. Uh, and you know why that's happening. She wants a stranger. Well, one of the reasons that they're doing that, I'm assuming that it's the same way that the newspaper works for me today, is that you get charged by the word. Mm-hmm. So they are, she has sat down. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that episode? She's made it as, but what's so funny is she got really wordy about the, the hearthstone of her heart swept and the, and the cobwebs brushed away. She spent the money on those words. Exactly. She knew where she wanted to spend her money and she knew how much money she had to spend and so mm-hmm. she wrote it appropriately. She's, she's poetic. Okay. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't mm, you say? <laughs> I would say she's economical. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, she gives her address here. Here's another one from the uh, St. Louis Post uh, uh, from 1899. Personal. An old bachelor returning from the mines finds his old sweetheart married and old acquaintances scattered. Wow, he brought some gold home with him. He had extra money to spend on extra words. He did. He's not finished. Desires lady acquaintance. Object, marriage. All right. (laughs) He's not playing around. So he's come home, though, and the girl he liked is 
She's, she's seeing else. someone else. All of his friends are gone. He wants to get married. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not going to beat around the bush about that. The object uh, of this is marriage and uh, no, I'm he, looking he beat, for a lady and, uh, and I want to marry her. He beat directly onto the bush. He, did, he absolutely that. did. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, all right, here we go. Here's one from 1904. This is when um, these Actual girls didn't put this in the paper, but it seems like some of their friends did. We seek husband for maiden, lady. Sounds like age, a gag. Age 23, worth $8,500. Bachelor girl, age 31, worth $28,000. Ooh, that's big money. Widow, age 42, no children, worth $90,000. And for many others. Mutual Book Exchange, Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> so I don't know if, if Mutual Book Exchange is where all these people work and the boss are like, look, I have all these ladies and I got to get them married. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take an ad. I don't, know. I don't yeah. know if that's what, I don't know. And then there's a whole issue about how this could be a scam and they warn Much people like it is today, just in a, the, the, about, the format's different, the medium is different, but it's the same message mm-hmm, in a lot yep, of cases. Yep. People just trying to meet other people. Mm-hmm, exactly. And you hope you don't find some crazy fuck that's going to kill you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to get an E on this one, aren't we? We're going to get an E on this one. Now, well, good. We haven't had an E in a here's while. Here's one where there's a man. I'm going to describe this picture. There's a man walking around and he's he has... The words are hanging from his shoulders. They're hanging on his it's chest. It's a sandwich and his board. Back. Yeah, sandwich. sandwich board. Sandwich man seeks wife. Catch with dollar sign appeal. That's what it says. And for some reason, catch is in parentheses. <laughs> uh, but it says two men who were interested in the walking matrimonial ad. And it's got the picture of the two men actually reading it. However, uh, this man was interested in women, so he wanted the women to read it. Well, that, so it looks like just two men walking by were like, "What have you? What have you got written there?" Seems like a good place to get started. Like, I want uh, women to notice this and read it. So he's just walking up and down the the street with this wearing a sandwich, a sandwich board, a sandwich board, a sandwich board. Mm-hmm. I mean, gotta put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the time on a crowded uh, a crowded city street in New York City. Mm-hmm. Or Chicago, wherever this was, probably the best way to do it. Yep. We didn't have the internet yet. No. And uh, Nanny Doss is is very very interested at the time. Now we're still talking about Nancy Hazel. Her name's Nancy Hazel, and she loved reading these. Um. Now Nanny's going to get married to Charlie Braggs when she is sixteen years old. Charlie. Is a co-worker of Nanny's where she worked at a linen factory. They dated for four months before getting married. Her father, he's in approval of this. He's like, all right, you've getting you you've talked to a man, now you gotta marry him. So I was not you expecting go. you to say that dad approved. Dad but approved. Okay. He's right. like dad wants her off his payroll. Yeah, yeah he's good. Okay. You're right. He's yeah, good. good. She's point, got a Katie. job. She's talked to this man, you know. Go on. He's willing to yep. feed and clothe and board you. Yep. And See off ya. of, yep, exactly. So okay. goodbye. Uh, so dad, <laughs> dad blesses this marriage. There were issues early on. The first was that uh, Charlie's mother lived with them. And we talked about this last week, how during this time, 
frame, that's not uh, out of the ordinary, right? For families yeah. to be living together in the in the forties. We were in the forties last week. Well, right now we're still in the twenties. So okay. in the twenties, we're you know, yeah, especially it's still common there. Sure, coming out of the Great Depression, but the right. problem and, and the war. Yes, yeah. The problem with Charlie's mother living there is she's very very overbearing. Mm. Uh, she was a single mother and um, Charlie was the only son that she had. So she was living with them and uh, that was not a problem. Uh, according to Nanny, Charlie's mother would not allow her mother to stay the night. If her mother came to visit, mm-hmm. um, she, would, she would have to go home. Sounds solid. Okay, and <laughs> and um, Charlie's mother would would have what Nanny described as spells or fits. She'd just have a fit, just out of nowhere. What do we call a fit in the South for for our I, I people think, who are not from the South listening? A uh, fit or a spell? A is come like apart. A, a come apart. How about a come apart? We're mad. We're angry. A meltdown. Yeah. A meltdown. Yeah. There you go. She would have just, these fits. Just when you want to leave the room, uh, leave your body, perhaps even, and hover outside until it's over. Mm-hmm. And Been if you're there. around someone who's having a fit, you want to get away from that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, and also Nanny is saying that Charlie is showing more attention to his mother than to her. And that's going to be a problem. (laughs) Now, despite the fact that Charlie is showing more attention to his mother than to Nanny, uh, somehow this marriage produces four children between 1923 and 1927. Probably the only place that got any solace was in the bedroom. Okay, do that math. 1923. One after the other. To 1927. Four girls. That, that's just avoiding mom for four years. Mm-hmm. And whatever happened in the <laughs> now, bedroom he, he happened in the bedroom. He shows her a lot of attention. I mom, would say a lot of attention. At least four times. And then, and then yeah. yeah. So <laughs> okay. he should. Yeah. My point is, Nanny got some attention. At least four times. At least four times. Okay. Nanny, uh, uh, 1923, 1927, all girls. Uh, the next sentence I have in my notes here, Nanny begins drinking and smoking heavily. <laughs> That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> right on time. <laughs> right on time. After four kids in four years. I, and they're all girls, and I, I can't say I blame her. Um, you know, And you only have one girl. I only have one girl. I love my daughter. Of, sh- of course you do. I don't want four no. daughters. I, don't, I, I can just barely stand to be in the room with two of you right now. <laughs> and I'm a well-rounded human being. But you know what? I wouldn't want four boys either. I'd yeah. probably drink and smoke, too. Yeah, fair, enough. Especially so. fair enough. Four under five. Oh. Yeah, right. doorsteps. So some sources say that both um, partners correctly suspected the other of infidelity. How? How? Do, how are they both having time to to see someone else? Maybe grandma's watching the kids. I, oh, I don't know. Any, anyways, uh, and Charlie would disappear for just days at a time. No. I mean, do you blame the guy? He's living at home. Let's talk about who Charlie lives with. He lives with his mother. He lives with his wife. And six and other women. Four daughters. Six women and him in the house. Yeah, Charlie's going to disappear. There would be a time. Scott-shaped hole in the wall of that house before <laughs> long. <laughs> Big time. In 1927, the couple lost their two middle girls. The two middle girls' names were Zelmer and Gertrude. Now, let's think about that math. 1923 to 1927. So these middle girls are very young. They're all young. Yeah. But the middle girls are very young little girls. And Zelmer and Gertrude are going to die, and they're going to suspect food poisoning. Oh, 
after this, Charlie is going to take the firstborn daughter, Melvina, and he's going to leave the house. His favorite. He's going to he's going to take the oldest, the who who's going to be four years old at the time. Mm-hmm. He's going to take her. He's going to leave Nanny there with the youngest, Florine, and his mother. And it's not going to be long until his mother's going to die of food poisoning. All right. Nanny is now going to take a job in a cotton mill and support herself and Florine, the youngest daughter. Now, in the summer of 1928, about a year later, Charlie is going to come back with the oldest daughter, Melvina. And with him, he's going to bring a divorcee with her own child. So hmm. he's, he's going to come back. I hope he called ahead. But plus two <laughs> with some other lady who's divorced and her child. And so no one should be shocked by the fact that soon after this, Charlie and Nanny are going to divorce. Yeah. Shocker. I'm just glad he lived long enough to divorce her because that was going to be my first guess. Okay. So Nanny takes her two girls, Melvina and Florine, back to her mother's home. Now, Charlie is going to continue to say through the years that he left and took that oldest daughter because he was afraid after the two middle girls died of food poisoning. Yeah. He's he's scared. Uh, Fast forward to 1929 when Nanny is going to meet and marry her second husband. She's going to meet this guy through the Lonely Hearts column. Remember those columns? We're we're still on that? Yeah. She loves those columns. We're still online dating circa 1934. Newspaper dating. And she she loves the Lonely Hearts column. And she's going to find a man named Robert Franklin Harrelson who lives in Jacksonville, Alabama. And they're going to marry in 1929. And... After a few months, she's going to discover that Robert is an alcoholic and also has a criminal record for assault. Ooh. Now, despite this... I will pretend to be surprised if you like. Yeah. Despite this, this marriage is going to last for 16 years. Oh. Okay. So, 1929, I'm going to fast forward. I'm not going to go all 16 years ahead, but I'm going to go to 1943. Okay. Where the oldest girl... Melvina, Nanny's oldest child, gives birth to a son, Robert Lee Haynes. Two years later, in 1945, Melvina gives birth to another baby. But this baby is going to die soon after being born. Melvina is exhausted from labor and groggy from ether. This is what they used during mm-hmm. labor back in 1943 and 45. Melvina is going to say that she thinks that she saw her mother who was visiting the new baby stick a hat pin I read that part in the baby's head but no one's going to put any stock to this because she's exhausted and high on ether and so and even Melvina is going to second guess herself she's going to say I'm not I'm not sure that I actually saw this so she's going to talk to her husband and and he's going to say, she's going to talk to her husband and her sister for clarification. And they're going to say that Nanny um, told them that the baby was dead. And they did notice that she was holding a pen, but they didn't think anything about it. And the doctors, they couldn't really give a positive explanation for that or, or really why the baby died. And I so, mean, in 1945, I, I imagine some newborns 
passed away. Yeah. I imagine it was nothing. Yeah. You yeah. go to an old cemetery yeah, and you'll mortality see mortality was a lot higher than than it is. Right. Now. And you'll see tiny little headstones that just say baby boy or yeah. baby girl. They didn't right. even give them a name. It's true. And and then you would see that they died um a day or two later. Yeah. Or even on the same day. Um so the grieving parents are going to drift apart. This is Nanny's oldest daughter, Melvina, and her husband are going to drift apart. They're grieving the death of this baby. And so they're going to get divorced. And Melvina is going to start dating a soldier. Nanny disapproves of this soldier. She does not like him. And so while Melvina was visiting, her father, remember her father's Nanny's first husband, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, while Melvina... There, Nanny and Melvina are going to get into a huge fight over this soldier. Huge fight. After this, Melvina is going to go visit her father, Charlie, and she's going to leave her son with Nanny, Robert. Okay. Her, her child that's still alive. Okay. And um, while her son is staying with Nanny, he's going to mysteriously die on July the 7th, 1945. He's two years old. <laughs> Scott just threw his pen and almost knocked my computer off the, the, the table. No, that's, it's, it, absolutely. I mean, everybody kind of saw this coming and you kind of thinking, Melvina, why did you leave? Yeah. I was about to ask that and I thought maybe I was going to be wrong about how little Robert ended up. But No, the death was diagnosed as asphyxia from unknown causes. And so that's, he was smothered. Mm-hmm. You know. But they never could prove that that anything happened. However, two months later, Nanny is going to collect $500 life insurance she had taken out on little Robert. That's a common theme back in the 30s and 40s, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems Mm -hmm. like it was really easy to take out a life insurance policy on someone and and hand them arsenic before 1947 and kill them and Mm -hmm. and collect the 500 bucks, which was like five grand back then. And this is a two-year-old, so... Sudden infant death, it's not a thing. This yeah. is a two-year-old. Yeah. And for a two-year-old to, to smother, a two-year-old is not going to get into some sort of position that they can't get themselves out of. You would think. And smother. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they right. can roll over. They yeah. can roll. They, they can, can walk. Up. They yeah. can even, yeah. fi- you know, squirm and, fi- you know. So I'm guessing she put a pillow over his head while mm-hmm. he was sleeping and yep. smothered him. I'm inclined to agree. Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's that's my guess. So then she collects the $500 life insurance that she took out on him. So we go back to we're we're still in we're still in 1945. We didn't go back, but what we are going to talk about now is Nanny's husband, Robert Franklin Harrelson. You remember the alcoholic, the guy who'd had some charges that she met in the Long yeah. March Column. She's still married to him in 1945. In 1945, World War II ends, and it's time for a celebration, and Harold is, is among the biggest partiers. Uh, he is celebrating the end of the war. He's so excited about it. It was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's also an alcoholic and has a criminal record for assault. So after an evening of particularly heavy drinking, he comes home, and according to Nanny, he rapes her. And the next day, Nanny's tending to her rose garden, and she discovers Harrelson's corn whiskey jar buried in the ground. And the rape, she says that was the last straw for her. So she took that jar and she topped it off with rat poison. And as a result, Harrelson died that evening, bringing the 16-year marriage to an end. Now, at this point, Nanny's going to flee the state of Alabama. 
and she's going to go to North Carolina. And there, she's going to look in the Lonely Hearts column. Nanny's not going to be lonely for long because she's going to meet her third husband, Arlie Lanning in Lexington, North Carolina. The, she's going to marry him three days later after meeting Three him. days three later. Three days. That's all you need when you know it's the one, right? <laughs> when you know that's all you need. So, uh, okay. So, Nanny is going to present this public... Uh, life that she is this respectable woman. She's going to become an active member in the Methodist Church there. Her neighbors love her. And they, she moves they, 400 miles away. She reinvents herself. She Nobody does. knows back then. It's not like they can look her up on Facebook and see, hey, don't talk to her. She's crazy. She kills people. Exactly. Nobody knows that yet. She's living this life of this wonderful Southern Christian woman. Her neighbors love her and they feel bad for her because Arlie. He keeps all the hookers in town in business. Oh, Arlie God. is a freak. I like him already. Arlie, Arlie, or Arlie, however you say it, is a frequenter of the town prostitutes, and everybody knows it. What is that? What am I talking about? There's some movie where they say he keeps all the hookers in town in high heels. What does that mean? Uh, I don't remember, but somebody's yelling that uh, yeah, at me. Yeah, somebody's yelling it at us. I should know what yeah. I'm doing. Anyways, okay, so so Ar- Arlie was this this guy. Um, so, and everybody knows that he does that, and they feel sorry for, for Nanny because she is such a great Christian woman. And bless her heart. Bless her heart, and they just the neighbors just love her so much. So when Arlie gets sick... And he starts feeling really dizzy, and he starts vomiting a lot. How long did that take? And finally dies. The townspeople are very sympathetic to Nanny. They're like, well, I guess they thought he just died of some sort of horse disease. I mean, what it was like, <laughs> was it the yeah. first week? Uh, no, no. Okay, no. it took this a little while. This goes on for a okay. little bit. And so, right. and, and so I guess they're thinking... Well, he caught something. Yeah, they're not too concerned with I him. I mean, he visited those well, prostitutes. She's, she's all got the to time. make sure that he's put her on the checkbook before she uh, mm. administers the fatal dose, well, right? So, so she, she, Nanny even tells the neighbor. She said, "You know, he was fine until I, I gave him his prunes and coffee that uh, morning." And right they still one. were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." I'm so sorry. Now, you're talking about on his checkbook. Uh-huh. Let's go back to that. Oops. When Nanny learns that her late husband had actually willed their house to his sister, the widow packed up her television and drove out of town. Well, and you know, that was not a small feat back in the TV. 40s because that thing probably weighed 800 pounds and had a screen on it about the size of the top of your coffee mug. I That's mean, right. it was not very big, but she it weighed a lot. She took that television and she drove out of town and then within hours, that house was nothing but ash and cinders. Oops. Yep. So Nanny goes to stay with Arlie's mother in a neighboring town and a few weeks later, the insurance check for the fire arrives. And then so, you know, she's... It's made out to Arlie, and by will, it is actually the property of his sister. But before the sister got the check, Arlie's mother suddenly passed away. Oh. (laughs) And Nanny cashed that check illegally once again, packed up that television, and left town. I think I would have left the TV, but go ahead. She came back to Gadsden, Alabama to take care of a sister. I her wish, sister I bet Davey, the sister wishes she hadn't before it's all over with. Her sister Davy 
who suddenly and mysteriously <laughs> died soon after. I did not know that was coming, but yeah, these, right? these deaths are happening at a more rapid rate. I mean, if this were a movie montage, you would just cue yeah. the movie and it'd be like, and here come, walks in Nanny, and later this person vomits and dies. Yeah, and then if this here, is the eighties movie montage, uh, yeah. you just bang, 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 death, bang, bang. Death, the whole vomit. second act is just this. Yeah, Nanny All giggling right. the whole time. Remember, <laughs> she's called the giggling granny. Nanny was a very happy person. Mm-hmm. Sure, she was uh, always smiling, always laughing. She loved to laugh. And was always so pleasant and happy. And you're making me suspicious because you're describing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, Scott. Would you like some prunes and coffee? I'm good on prunes you're and good. coffee. Okay, all right. Although I'm you did bring coffee, me. which makes me suspicious. I do have now. Coffee, Don't but ask I'm me to take it. a drink of that. I'm. I haven't it. seen you drink it since we got so, here. All right. <laughs> so, um, so she's lonely now you know n- nanny doesn't have anybody now well she has no one to blame but herself <laughs> so um she joins a dating service and this dating service is called the diamond circle club and through the diamond circle club she's going to meet richard l morton of jamestown north carolina and um they married in 1952 in emporia kansas there's so many you read all the different accounts, and there's so many holes in the story to be able to fill in. I don't know. How did she get to Kansas, right? I don't know how, yeah. why she's in Kansas. I, I, I assume she fled after her sister in Gadsden Maybe suddenly Maybe he had died. some family there. And then she meets him through this dating service, and then he's from North Carolina, but they get married in Kansas. Okay. Now, he doesn't have a drinking problem. That's a good thing, but he was adulterous. Oh, no. Okay. So, in January of 1953, Nanny's mother falls and breaks her hip. Uh, some accounts say that the mother actually came to live with Nanny, and some accounts say that Nanny went to live with her. So for whatever reason, she's going to end up in the same home with her mother who has fallen and broken her hip. Now, Nanny's father had passed away previously. Um, he, Nanny was nowhere near him. Okay, had not before been he had him. the opportunity to meet her... Well, that was her Thank father, goodness. but yeah. you know the one she didn't like. Okay, her old father. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I'm keeping she, it there. Oh no, it's fine. Um, it's Scott, it, for your for the listeners, Scott slung his hand keep, and yeah, almost knocked my I'm, computer I'm off the table about, again. And yes. I forget your laptop okay. is there. Yeah, it's all good. Um, so if we had a bigger table, we wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> Put your glasses back on, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so she's living with her mother wherever, either her house or her mother's house, and um. After Nanny and after they live together for a little bit, her mother dies soon after. Um, then Richard, her now husband, who is adulterous, uh, once uh, Nanny's mother dies, and then it's just the two of them, then he's going to die sometime after this, after drinking some coffee. Yeah, she probably got a little bored after that. Gonna, he's going to drink some coffee and she doesn't like that he's he ran around adultery. one too many yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, Scott, what do you I mean, uh, what do you expect her to do at that point? Uh, maybe not murder him. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe in, hire a good attorney. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Thank you, Katie. In June of 1953, Nanny marries Samuel Doss. Here we get her last name, ah, Nanny Doss. Okay. Samuel Doss is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
Uh, Doss was a Nazarene minister who had lost his family to a tornado in Carroll County, Arkansas. And this poor bastard is about to step into some more bad luck. Now, Samuel disapproves of her romance novels that, and all these lonely, these columns, these romance things that she's reading, he disapproves. Well, she's not going to like that. Now, he is she? tells her, he's very firm on that. He d- will not be reading any of this romance stuff. Okay. So she's going to leave him and she goes back to Alabama. Do you know what Samuel Doss does? He goes to Alabama and he begs her back, Ugh. vowing to allow her to read her romance books and columns, but not before he takes out two life insurance policies on himself, making oh her the beneficiary. I mean, what? <laughs> Lob it up, Samuel. Lob wow. it up. Just He's walking into spider webs. He, he has in, no idea. In September of 1954, Samuel is admitted to the hospital with flu-like symptoms. The hospital is going to diagnose him with a severe digestive tract infection. Now, he is treated. He gets better while he's in the hospital. And, and he goes home October the 5th, only to die on October the 12th, 1954. Uh, Nanny killed him that evening in her rush to collect the two life insurance policies. Uh, she laced his prune cake. Prune ba- seems to be the... A, I'm never eating another prune. I don't know if I ever have. A, but baked him a prune cake. And uh, that, that did it. And yep. that was the end. Mm-hmm. Now, this sudden death is going to alert his doctor. The doctor who treated him is going to say, that man was fine October the 5th. There was nothing wrong with him. Mm-hmm. We nursed him back to health. He made a full recovery. Nothing wrong with that man. And then for him to suddenly die October the 12th, something's wrong, and he orders an autopsy. Okay. The autopsy is going to reveal a huge amount of Scott. I'm going to give you two guesses, but you only need one. Lead acetate. What was in his system? Lead acetate. Arsenic. I, I'm sorry, lead arsenate. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, lead arsenate, not acetate. Lead arsenate. Yeah, that's that's the lead. Or that's the arsenic. Yep. Uh, that we he talked about last week. Huge amounts of this in his system. Arsenic. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. How many women from Alabama? Have we discussed on this show who have poisoned people? All of them so far. <laughs> Every last fucking one of them that Not we've discussed. Them all, but almost a, all of a them, large except amount. the two of you in this room. And I'm just going to back out without turning around and open the door and leave. This we will is, discuss this next week. This has become a cliche. Yeah, and it really has. A lot of them are for these two women to be born in the Blue Mountain area of Aniston. Mm-hmm. How common was, how much, how many women in Alabama did this that we don't know about that well, never got reported well, or and, never got, well, let me just, I'm I, not trying to be rough on no, women, no, no, but no. wow. Let me propose just, uh, this is a serious question. Let me ask you guys this. Mm-hmm. So we, we figured out last week that before 1947, at least that this lead arsenate was mm-hmm. something that you could readily buy at a farmer's co-op or wherever. Mm-hmm. I wonder and I don't, again, I'm not trying to disparage women, but I wonder how many women learn from their mothers and their grandmothers in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Hey, if you ever want to get rid of, if he's beating you or mm-hmm. you want to get out, Just, you're stuck for the rest of your life unless he dies. Here is a bag 
And I don't, I don't know that don't this know. happened. I don't know. But it certainly seems to be something that's happened more than once in the stories that we've talked about. And mm-hmm. so they had to learn it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was just... I don't this, know, because we had, we had Bertha. This may be a, a more nefarious end to a lot of gentlemen who passed away in Alabama in the last hundred years than we realize. <laughs> Probably. So we, Okay, so Nanny Doss here. We have Bertha. Uh-huh. We had um, Audrey Marie Healy. Yep. Who else? All it? about the same age, grew up in the same part. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's, it, it's exclusive to Northeast Alabama, but mm. you know we're not, we don't live in we didn't grow up in Virginia or Tennessee or be West careful Virginia out or, there. Just be careful. Yeah, yeah. Listen, before you drink that cup of coffee, if you go to Thanksgiving dinner and there's Kevin a Turner, don't drink coffee from your wife this week. <laughs> I think she's up to something. She tried to make me drink hers a minute ago. Uh, if you're sitting at Thanksgiving dinner or you show up and there's a prune cake, just forget it. Yeah. Just bypass. All right. So, um, okay. So back to, uh, they reveal that he has this huge amount of arsenic in his system. And so Nanny is promptly arrested. The police, they can't get her attention after they've arrested her to question her. Because she's got this magazine she keeps reading, and she's reading the Lonely Hearts column. They have to take away Nanny's magazine before she will turn her attention to the police and talk to them. And so then she's going to giggle, and she's going to flirt with them the entire time she's interrogated. Is that perhaps where she finally got the nickname? I mean, was it something that she had just always been known for, or was this the definitive story about why she got... She's going to start getting these nicknames, and and when they tell stories of her, then they're going to... There's more Nick laughed all the way to the jail. Now, all the way, did. and she's get, she's reading that magazine, and they take it away. So then she's going to turn her attention. She's going to flirt and talk to them. They're trying to interrogate her. Finally, uh, she confesses to the murders in October of 1954. She is smiling and even laughing as she's talking about all of these people that I just walked you through. Do you remember all of the people? That it I just walked you through? About a dozen? Uh, two of them were her grandchildren. Two of them mm-hmm. were her own children who were little bitty. That's an Alabama term. Look it up. Little bitty. Yeah. And then we have Charlie survived. Mm-hmm. The, the first husband did. But all of the husbands after that, did anybody keep a count? It's got to be a dozen. It. I think four, for, I four think, husbands. Yeah, it's four husbands, two kids, two grandkids, her that's mother, her, mother, her mother in law, her sister. her sister. That's 11. That's 11. I'm thinking there were two mother in laws because Arlie's mother. Let's call it a baker's dozen just in case him. we forgot somebody. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think that's, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So she's laughing, smiling, talking, just like I'm talking. To you guys now. Just making me more and more concerned as this story goes along. <laughs> and she, Kelly, and don't hand is, me that fucking coffee mug. I'm not drinking out of it. We're definitely getting an E-rating for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, so that's amazing to me that, yeah. that she's, yeah. I mean, and we have some photos of Nanny Doss that we are going to put on our social media. And Oh yeah, they're great. She was posing. She was like <sighs> laughing really? and... I mean, flirting. Really? Mm-hmm. 
So that was her thing, and okay. she was already looking at the at the Lonely Hearts. Are we talking column. about photos that were made like at family gatherings, or is no, this her mugshot? These, these are in jail and in, in interrogation okay. rooms. Okay, and, yeah. and she's just happy as a clam. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, can I make you some tea cakes? What's you want up? some coffee? You want some prune? Yeah, <laughs> I make a great prune cake. I make a really it's good killer. You will never eat it again. It is so good. Uh huh. All right. Um. All right. So, Katie, take it from here. Well. After she confesses to the murder of her husband, they ask her, why? Why would you do this? And she says he wouldn't let her watch his, her favorite TV show or turn on a fan during hot summer nights. She did remember to bring the TV. So. Yes, so she had her TV, and he wouldn't let her watch her favorite show. Which so I don't know he had is. to go. So he had to go. Well, there's only like three shows on TV. It was The Guiding Light and The Jack Benny Show. Uh, not in 1950-whenever this not was. Not a lot. There wasn't Guiding a lot Light was on in nineteen fifty. One of those soap operas has been on forever. I mean, one of them, The Guiding Light or As the World Turns, was around like from day one. I forget which one. It doesn't matter, Katie. I'm sorry. Oh, I definitely wouldn't know. But while she's awaiting trial, the bodies of eight of her victims are exhumed. And Uh-oh. all three of her other husbands, so we've already had an autopsy of Samuel Doss, so the three other husbands, they all show signs of arsenic. And her mother shows signs of arsenic. And the other bodies that were exhumed all showed signs of being smothered. Oh, my goodness. So she's smothering and poisoning. Yes. That, that it seems to be the case. She's evaluated by four different psychiatrists, and they all declare her sane. Now, I read somewhere where something said something about her being declared uh, mentally disabled, but then, but everything else I've read says that she was declared sane. Yeah, I never, in any of this stuff that I read. Yeah, it, so I think it was just a one-off that. Yeah, I think, I think insane and maniacal are two different things, right? And yeah. I'm, again, there's not a doctor in the room, but no, just because, not. just because you're, just because you want to kill somebody doesn't mean that you're nuts. There's yeah. her picture, Scott. She's laughing in the picture that you're showing me. <laughs> if, if we'll, I put it on, we'll put it on our social if media. If I didn't know that she was called the giggling granny, I would have said, why is she giggling? And there were some accounts that she would kind of one-off and blame her murderous escapades on her brain injury. As we talked about, mm-hmm. she had the head trauma as a yes. kid. Okay. And so she was telling them about that. And she wore glasses a lot, but she didn't have any vision problems. Ex- minor, I guess minor vision problems because the, the glasses helped with her headaches that she had is what she said. Um, the Guiding Light first aired in 1952. Okay. And, wow. And ended its run in 2009. If you were going to say, um, as the world turns, Mm-hmm. Was that one? As yes, it was. Yeah. Which was the one on before that? Which is the one that Victor is on? That was the Young and the Restless. Young and the Restless. If you were going to say that it started then, I was going to say, I guarantee you Victor was, was on, on it when it started. <laughs> Victor it and Nikki were still trying yes. to figure it all out. I watched that in the 80s as a child. We spent summers at my grandmother's house and we got dropped off and we didn't mind. We loved hanging out with my grandmother. But mm-hmm. every day it was like, hey, psst, 
go outside and play. My programs are on. Mm-hmm. My, my shows are on. Mm-hmm. My Mimi, I, my Mimi is right. who I, I would stay with sometimes, and, and those were her stories. Uh, her stories, yeah. Stories I'm sorry. Are on. Yeah. Stories are on. Mm-hmm. She would also record out. them on VHS and then watch them again that night. Yeah, Nanny never figured out the VHR or the VCR. <laughs> she never figured that out, so we didn't have to worry about that. Sorry, Katie, we keep stepping I know, on We your... digress, but I do also want to say Days of Our Lives, I guarantee you Marlena would have been on there if it started in 1952. Not familiar with that one. I was always on the CBS shows. That was what my grandmother watched. It was Young and the Restless, As the World Turns, and The Guiding Light were the the three. mm -hmm, Those were the CBS stories. Yes. My uh, college classes were scheduled around my story. Really? Mm -hmm. I scheduled my college classes around The Golden Girls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which you will appreciate very much. I, love, I know. Yeah, I me too. love. We'll have that conversation girls. later. But no, no, seriously, every day, days of our lives, we would mm-hmm. go into uh, the Foy Union building and watch. There would be people chill. everywhere. There'd be TVs out Grab there. Grab a sandwich, watch wrong. the show. Mm-hmm. Right. It was serious. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, and fun. then go back to class after one, of course. All right. Well, on May 17th, 1955, she pleads guilty to this murder and she is sentenced to life. The they don't really consider the death penalty because, and, and they state because she's a woman and they're not going to sentence a woman to it. she's a woman, this, she yep, got out this of This is in the state of? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. She killed okay. 12 people, maybe 13. Well, but now how many of those did she get charged with now, in Oklahoma? Just the one. This is only this okay. one murder charge. Right. Oh, okay, okay. And she goes back and uh, they they give her her magazine. Let me Let me back up. You know, we talked about that magazine she was reading that she while, loves. while she was being interrogated. They promised to give her her magazines back if she would talk about her other husband's deaths. Well, shit, that was easy. Yeah, so she's like, sure. And for every husband I tell you about, you give me back one magazine. Well, she admits to killing all those husbands, and those were each in. North Carolina, Kansas, and Alabama. So they all, all of these states charge her with okay. murder. Okay. But she's never tried any, for any other case because she's in jail. I mean, she's in prison well, for life. Kind of like the case last week. I mean, uh, she had two other murders hanging over her head. If you haven't listened to what we talked about last week on this show, she had two other murders hanging over her head and they never tried her for them because mm-hmm. they had her in jail, but she wanted to get out on parole and she couldn't with well, these cases hanging over her head. Yeah. This was Bertha Hill. It was Bertha. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this, I mean, it's a waste of state resources to try. I guess, You know, yeah. when, when sure. she's already got She's a, already in jail. But she never admits to the murders of any of her biological family members. Right. She doesn't own up to those. Yeah, she says... But, but any any husband... All the husbands she, she admits... She, she gives them away. But she does not admit to killing any of her biological family members. Well, it's right. nice and that's to how know. She, she tells them, that's how we know that one had, had it in his coffee, another one had it in prune cake, another one had coffee and prunes. Because she and, told mm-hmm. the whole story. Mm-hmm. And she would... Case. And each time she would... Admit to one, she admitted to them piece by piece, like she went back in order and she'd admit to it and she'd okay. say, Well, now my conscience is clear. And then they'd keep talking and they'd keep pushing her. And then she'd admit to another one and then she'd say, Well, now my conscience is clear. Well, so she kept making them, if, if they'd have quit asking her questions, it would seem like, I've told you everything. I've told you everything. Yeah. And then they kept on and kept on. Or maybe her. just say, Lawyer. 
and be done with it. But no, she said magazine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bring me the magazines and I'll tell you whatever you want to know. And in this is all happening in 1955. And in by June 2nd of 1965, she passes away from leukemia in prison. So she's in prison about 10 years. So she never, I just assumed that we were going to hear that in 10 years, she was out on parole. And it it honestly wouldn't have shocked me if she got married and, yeah, got remarried right. in prison. Yeah. yeah, the only reason Wiley wasn't available is because Bertha. Don't he was already married to Bertha. Him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, she could have had some pen pals in the Lonely Hearts. I mean, you know, you see those, and some of them say there are people are in prison, right? I imagine. Oh, we have a section. I imagine you would have to release that if you mm-hmm. want the, the the other person to. We have a section in the Post Herald every week of letters that we get from the women's prisons over in Georgia looking for. Companions when their sentences are complete. Oh, they want to be ready. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, and I don't know that it's not some least, version of the thing that we've talked about last that week. That absolutely where is. You can't get out if you don't have somewhere to go. Oh, no, that's no, what no. I meant specifically. That's probably yeah, yeah. Changed. no. Last no, week yeah. that was yeah. a total. <laughs> they put you out with what you came in with and hand you a bag and yeah. say, "Figure yeah. it out." But you know, so, remember we talked about with Bertha where they weren't well, going to let her out on parole unless she either had a job or she was married, which is yeah. why she married Wiley. Oh yeah, yeah but, but that's, that's an old sex. That is an old sex. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I mean, who knows? Still the South. I'm I mean, just making sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that probably the motivation is what Katie just said. You get out with what you what you yeah. go in with. So if you if you've got someone lined up, um, if you've got a Wiley, mm-hmm. you got a ride. You can go. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's and gonna pick you up at the gate. You right? got a ride, and you got a lunch, and yeah. uh, maybe a home, and you know everything else. So yeah. I wanted to say one more thing about Nanny Doss. She was the inspiration for an unsub. Featured on Criminal Minds. Uh, anybody fans in here uh-huh. fans of the show? I'm Criminal familiar Minds? with the show. I don't watch it. Okay, so my daughter absolutely loves the show Criminal Minds. Okay, and if you'll remember back to I can't remember which episode it was was it episode four or five when we had Stacy Smith on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. early early she on. She loves in Criminal Minds as well. Yeah. So season four, episode titled "Pleasure Is My Business." Um, is modeled after or the inspiration for, uh, Nanny was. So it says, while Nanny was never mentioned or referenced on the show, she appears to have been an inspiration for the episode's unsub. The unsub's name is Megan Kane. Both were serial killers and poisoners who hated their fathers, targeted men, uh, found most of their male victims through some sort of uh, listing. Um, and used rat poison and other methods. It seems like a lot of the cases that we do as I'm stumbling through the research on various social media somewhere, Mm -hmm. and Katie, I'm curious to know if you have the same experience. It seems like at some point along the way, it ends up saying this was the, uh, this was ended up being a storyline on criminal minds or CSI or Mm -hmm. NCIS. I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like these people do their research and do a lot of the same things that we do. Only they are looking to write, scripts for television shows and so they stumble across a lot of the same information that we do and they just they take it and they tweak it and they make it unique and different i mean nobody would know like you said that this is about the giggling granny if they didn't know that story specifically but they take things i mean listen fiction is not nearly as crazy as reality we've learned that if nothing else in doing this show for six months i think Mm -hmm. this is episode 32 is that correct i have no Uh, idea idea. i'm not sure this is our 32nd Um, episode she had other nicknames 
And I will go through those. Yes, please do. The Giggling Granny, The Black Widow, Arsenic Annie, The Jolly Black Widow, Lonely Hearts Killer, and Lady Bluebeard. And my favorite is I saw a list of her full name, like if she kept all her last names, and it was like Nancy, quote unquote, Nanny, Hazel, Braggs, Harrelson, Lenning, Morton, Doss. All right. Nice. I like that one better. That's I my like favorite. That. It's yeah. not going to fit on the t-shirt if she ever got them made, but I like it. <laughs> exactly. So she had a lot of, she had a lot of names. So that is the giggling granny. A common theme. Yeah. Yeah. And we got two shout outs this week, guys. <gasps> oh yeah. Don't forget about those. Are you ready for this? Hold on. Let me pull that up here. I got it. Okay. So uh, thank you to Lily Beard. For your wonderful review. Very nice. Yes. On uh, Apple Podcasts. And also, Berg. Berg. <laughs> yeah, Berg. B-U-R-G-G-G. Berg. Berg. Okay. Thank you so much for your wonderful reviews. Did they give us five, five stars? stars? They gave us five stars oh, and that's some wonderful awesome. words. So you can do that if you go to Apple iTunes and you give us a five-star rating, but then you comment. That's how we know you gave us a five-star. Yeah, we don't know give, otherwise. Right, if you just, you just give us a five star, it's lost in the ether. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. But we, we do appreciate those. Yeah, at least. But we will give you a shout out if you will comment after yeah. you give us a five star. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, you can tell us to drop dead, but just say something in the comments <laughs> after the five star rating. We don't care exactly the what stars. it is. We care about the stars. Yeah, the stars tell us are everything. Yeah, right. tell, tell us whatever you want in the comments. Mm-hmm. Yes. The stars are what matter. Um, email us at truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail.com with your favorite case. Uh, maybe we'll look into it and cover it. We've we've been given several suggestions, and and we have them on the list. And I particularly like thumbs up on Facebook. I, maybe that's just me. But Love it. Yes. How about, yes, what, how about some of those folks? Yeah, and Instagram likes. Yeah, just go ser- seek us out on Instagram. Tell your friends. Go to Thanksgiving dinner and tell your family all about us. That is your homework assignment. Walk for Thanksgiving around the week. dinner table and subscribe. Everybody, show them how. Yeah. Go ahead and give us the five stars mm-hmm. for everybody in your family. Oh, I was going to give a shout out to uh, my neighbor, Amy Lee. She told me that she was listening and she's Amy got everyone Lee. at her shop listening. So we I appreciate that. Thank you, Amy Lee. I love Amy is Lee. Is that too. Neil Lee's wife, Amy it Lee? It is. I don't know if I love anybody in the world more than I love Neil Lee, except maybe for you guys. Oh, they're a great family. They love are. the Lees. Yeah. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so everybody knows what they're going to do at the Thanksgiving table. All right. Tell your family. Yep. Tell them. Tell your Gather around and listen to an episode. Play the drinking game. Yeah, maybe drink first. Make your family time fun. Yeah. And anything we can do to help, we're glad to do it. We're happy. What's the magic word? Well, wow. Wow. I was about to say, say reminder. Say, and if you want to throw in some extra drinking anytime Scott cusses. Oh, that, for this well, one especially. Uh, this week especially. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we ran out of music. We ran out of music. Good night, everybody. So much. <laughs>